Welcome in to the Chief Zone Podcast. My name is Farzi Yusugian, and we've got a lot to talk about. Very, very busy episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Little time to waste. Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire and USA Today, he will be joining us on this episode to discuss all of the craziness, all of the activity involving the Kansas City Chiefs with free agency. We'll go over some of the releases, the trade, and signings that the Kansas City Chiefs have been a part of, and also a couple of players currently scheduled to visit with Kansas City. Uh, A lot going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. Got to get right into it. So real quickly, facebook.com slash Farzine Masugian. Whenever Facebook does not have the outage, whenever Mark Zuckerberg has it all figured out, uh, a free agency of all days for Facebook to struggle. But seems like they've got it figured out now. Facebook.com slash Farzine Masugian. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Give me a follow on there. Send me a tweet on there. And make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And share the links with your friends as well. Hope you are all having a great week, a busy week for the NFL, of course. Let me just start off by saying this before we get into all of the free agency chaos. I don't even know anymore what is the legal tampering period anymore because we saw last year the week of the Super Bowl between the uh, the uh, Patriots and Eagles where the Chiefs traded Alex Smith and I'm not saying the Eagles and Patriots were desperate for Alex Smith but you know to, to have that trade go down while the season is still active for two teams kind of seems weird you're seeing all of these uh, contract deals these trades being agreed upon beforehand uh, I, I think at one point, teams just figured out a way around these kinds of things that you don't get in trouble for them. And I, I think maybe a couple of GMs figured out a way around it, and then others started to follow suit. Now everyone is pretty much uh, making deals before <laughs> before the uh, new league year technically begins. So yes, yesterday, Wednesday, was the start of the new league year and it's been a crazy one for the Kansas City Chiefs a lot to get into and let's get right into it first let's go with who the Chiefs had on their team the Chiefs did trade away D4 to the 49ers for a 2020 second round pick and he ended up signing a five-year 87 and a half million dollar deal with the 49ers. And look, good for D Ford. I think that is a deal that he certainly deserves. I know Chiefs fans are still bitter about what happened in the AFC Championship game. But look, uh, it was one big mistake at a really costly moment. I, I, D Ford's still a fantastic player. And if he can stay healthy, if injuries are not a concern, then he can do a lot of big things for the 49ers. Justin Houston, very similar story. Again, another fantastic player came very close to breaking the single-season sack record. Michael Strahan's single-season sack record of 23 sacks. He had 22. And Justin Houston also let go. And this one was because of that hefty contract that he was carrying that John Dorsey gave to him. Similar situation for Eric Berry, who's only played three regular season games in the past two seasons. And didn't even play from start to finish in all of those games. So... 
there's another situation where the Chiefs felt, look, it was best to move on and move forward from guys like Eric Berry, Justin Houston. We 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 saw that report from Peter King of Sports Illustrated where he thought that the Chiefs were going to stick with Eric Berry this year, but no, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And Justin Houston, lots of talks as to whether or not uh, there would be a trade partner for him. And there was a conflicting report as to whether or not he was released yet or not at the time, but now he is released. Uh, I will say this, there was that one report from a USA Today writer who said that the Chiefs, or excuse me, that John Dorsey of the Browns, uh, formerly with the Chiefs, of course, he was interested in getting Eric Berry. Uh, and I thought, wait a minute, Eric Berry might have trade value after all, but it just never seemed to, to, to happen uh, for whatever reason. And so the Chiefs decided to go ahead and release Eric Berry. And they also released Justin Houston earlier in the week and traded D Ford as well. Let me just say this. Because there was one thing I was completely wrong about, and we talked about this a lot on the podcast and on social media, that there was no way that the Chiefs were going to just go ahead and release Eric Berry and Justin Houston. Now, part of it is because of the cap situation. I will say, though, for Eric Berry, that is a post-June 1st designation, according to Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star. Here's the tweet from Brooke. She wrote, regarding the cap situation... With Eric Berry, per a uh, source, Eric Berry's release is a post-June 1st designation. That means the Chiefs take on the $6.95 million in dead money with cap savings of $9.55 million for 2019. There's also a $4, uh, $4 million of dead money from that contract in 2020 and in 2021 because Eric Berry was signed through those years as well. Adam Schefter also uh, talked about this as well. He said that the Chiefs will have to wait until June 2nd to use any of the cap space that was freed from the Eric Berry deal. Now with Justin Houston, there's I believe $7.1 million in dead money, but it does free up $15 million uh, in cap room for D4 trading him $15,443,000 freed up. That is with those three combined. Parting ways with them, trading and releasing them, $39 million, $993,000 in cap room has been freed up. Now, there's a little bit of dead money as well uh, for for those uh, uh, for that number for 2019, but for 20 or 2020, there's a lot of money freed up there as well. And I don't know what that number is for 2020 uh, right now, and I don't want to get into it because that is obviously a year away. But, man, almost $40 million, $7,000 away. From being $40 million in cap room freed up. Now again, there was some dead money in there as well. Keep that in mind. But the Chiefs want to get to work here. Brett Veach can't wait around for another year with Justin Houston and Eric Berry. It just wasn't going to happen. He felt that this was the best thing to do. Take the dead money and go ahead and take the cap hit. And... At the end of the day, the Chiefs want to extend Tyreek Hill. They want to extend Chris Jones. They want to extend Patrick Mahomes next year when he is eligible for a new deal. And they're doing the right moves to do so. Let me just say this. you I said this on Facebook and Twitter, and I understand some fans don't understand this aspect of it. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help clear this up a little bit because I know Eric Berry is a fan favorite. I know Justin Houston's a fan favorite, even though they've missed a lot of games the past couple of years. The truth of the matter is, 
You cannot keep everyone. Even though the Patriots are constantly going to the Super Bowl, winning the AFC Championship game, they have a lot of turnover with their personnel. But as long as they have that one guy under center, number 12, Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champion, as long as they still have him, it's no coincidence that they've won six Super Bowls, all of them with Tom Brady. And that's what the Chiefs want to do with Patrick Mahomes. They know that Eric Berry is a rare safety. They know Justin Houston is a rare pass rusher. But let's be honest, folks. How many times have the Chiefs been able to succeed in the postseason with a rare safety or a rare pass rusher? They haven't been able to. They only won one game with those guys. Uh, that was in 2015 when they had that one and five start beat the Texans. They also had another playoff win this past year. I should note that, but Eric Berry didn't have a big, uh, I don't think he played in that game. In fact, so to look at that right now and understand, look, you have to pick and choose your battles or who do you want? Do you want Patrick Mahomes or do you want Justin Houston and Eric Berry? You got to pick and choose here, folks. You can't have everybody. You you just can't. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, there's a cap room in football. There's a cap room in the NFL. You you cannot keep everybody. And I know we can't play the what-if game. But let, let's just assume the Chiefs did not trade Marcus Peters. Let's assume that Kareem Hunt stayed out of trouble and you still had those guys on your team. How would you realistically be able to afford... Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Marcus Peters, D. Ford, all of these players who are uh, Mitch Morse, who uh, he moved on, and I'll get to that later. Uh, Mitch Morse, uh, you uh, you have uh, Mitchell Schwartz, who the Chiefs felt he needed to stay, and they obviously did that. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif last year, or a couple of years ago, excuse me, And listen, this is a great problem to have. The Chiefs have pro bowlers, all pro players at their skill position players on offense, at the offensive line. They had them at the defensive line, linebackers in the the secondary. I mean, they've had pro bowlers all across the board. This is a good problem to have. But realistically, again, I know I'm playing make-believe right now, but bear with me for a moment If Marcus Peters and Kareem Hunt were still on the team, how do you truly expect for Brett Veach, given the fact that he's dealing with John Dorsey's mess with the cap situation, how do you think Brett Veach would have been able to maintain keeping, uh, re-signing Marcus Peters to a long-term deal when you have the contracts of Justin Houston and Eric Berry? Oh, and by the way, you've got a quarterback that you've got to keep for a long time. There's also Kareem Hunt who... Look, what could have happened with him? What kind of a contract could he have received? Oh, let's not forget about Tyree Kill, the impact player you've got, and Travis Kelsey, who you extended a couple of years ago to keep him around longer. And maybe you'll do it again when the time comes. The NFL is not easy. People think a general manager just simply evaluates players and drafts them. Look, there's also another business aspect, and that's the money situation. And you've got a lot of people in your front office that help you with that. It's not a very easy thing to do. It's not a one-man band managing the salary cap. You've got a lot of people in your front office that help you with that kind of thing. 
And it's never easy to make these kinds of decisions. Ron Parker was making a lot of money and the Chiefs cut him. Uh, that was last offseason. Now they brought him back uh, eventually, but on a cheaper price, of course. Uh, but man, uh, it's just hard to retain everybody. You're not going to be able to keep everyone and make every single Chiefs fan happy. You just can't do that. But at the end of the day, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, that is something Chiefs fans should be content with. Again, I know a lot of you guys have Justin Houston and Eric Berry memorabilia, Justin Houston, Eric Berry jerseys, understandably so. I mean, I've got an Eric Berry jersey that uh, I, I got that right after he signed the contract, and he's hardly played. Uh, so it, it, it's an unfortunate deal. I know those were very popular. They were fan favorites in KC, but you've got to, again, pick and choose your battles. And I think we can all agree that at the end of the day, a franchise quarterback is a hell of a lot more important than a premier pass rusher or a safety. I know those are very hard guys to replace, but these are the guy. these are the kinds of decisions you've got to make. Sure, you. I know there's a fan out there that'll say, look, football's a team sport. It's not just a quarterback. It's 22 players. You are absolutely right on that. And that is why you've got to replace those players properly through the draft and through free agency. Coach them up. Make them better than what they were expected to be. That way they can play well for you on a cheaper price. That's that's That also comes with having a good coaching staff, which the Chiefs really have right now on both sides of the football. We haven't been able to say, to say that for a while. So you've got that to deal with, with the offense and the defense. And freeing up nearly $40 million in cap room uh, prior to all the dead money there, that's going to help you extend Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, maybe get another key player this offseason. And then next year, boy, you're going to be putting a lot of zeros in Patrick Mahomes' bank account uh, because he is due for a big deal. I know everyone's going to talk about how he's a nice guy and that you know he might give a hometown... Folks, Mahomes is a nice guy. Everyone's seen what he's been doing in the community. And he has been meeting a lot of people this offseason. He hung out with Dirk Nowitzki, sat front row with Mark Cuban at a Mavericks game in his home state of Texas, of course. Uh, I I know he and LeBron James, they exchanged uh, tweets recently. I mean, everyone is hanging out with Patrick Mahomes this year. He is the cool guy that every single person wants to see. He and uh, uh, boxing champion uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, pose uh, for a stare down. I, everyone is hanging out with Patrick. Patrick Mahomes is that cool guy that every girl wants to be asked out by to prom and that every guy wants to hang out with at the after prom party. So that's what Patrick Mahomes is right now. And the Chiefs want to keep him long-term because you know he's able to do a lot of damage on the field. And he's due for a big payday. Again, I know people want to say that he's a nice guy and he'll consider the hometown discount. Uh, I don't think so, man. At the end of the day, with the job that he's doing and what he's done for this football team, I think he and his agent uh, from from Steinberg Sports, they're all going to say, look, he's due for a deal, man. He's been doing a lot for your franchise. He's brought a lot of attention to the team. And... Maybe that $200 million deal does belong to Patrick Mahomes. So, again, that's a lot of money. I get people don't like it when players get paid that much money, but it, it's almost like overpaid. Uh, but listen, at the end of the day, uh, Steven Nelson with the Steelers signed a $25 million deal in three years. It, I mean, now you're seeing mediocre players make three, four, five million million a year in the NFL. Trent Brown, 
of the Raiders. He signed a pretty hefty deal to become the highest paid tackle in the NFL. And even then, he hasn't been very good. Mitch Morse has missed a lot of games over the years, and he just became the highest paid center in the NFL. So uh, contracts are crazy, man. Uh, I, I don't know who is overpaid or not anymore or who's underpaid because everyone's demanding more and more money. People can find the slightest reason that they're better than this person who's making more money and they end up getting that big contract and become one of the highest paid players at their position. I know a lot of people don't like it, but that is the direction where the NFL is moving towards with contracts. We'll see what happens in a couple of years with the new CBA and what they could agree upon with players and the amount of dollars they're demanding, and maybe that'll change down the road. But for right now, nearly $40 million freed up for 2019, and eventually that'll help you extend Mahomes to a long-term deal. Folks, I, I know this is not an exciting thing to hear Eric Berry and Justin Houston get released, but due to some of their inactivity, and again, Houston's a little less than Eric Berry's, Berry was far more inactive the past two years. Um... But they were both making a lot of money. And I think that's the issue that the Chiefs came to. A uh, lot of money being made. Uh, Houston's production, I guess, wasn't matching his dollar value. And that's where they had to make the choice with him and with Eric Berry. Obvious, because he's making a lot of money for not playing a lot. Only three games in two years. By the way, speaking of the defense, in the last 14 months, these Chiefs players were together. And now, they're all gone. Derek Johnson, Tom Bahali, Justin Houston, D. Ford, Marcus Peters, Eric Berry, Ron Parker twice, Steven Nelson, Benny Logan, Darrell Rivas, who people were hoping for. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a, a player or two uh, on that list, but man, this was, uh, this was, I know the Chiefs defense has not been good the past couple of years, but at one point, a lot of these guys, uh, DJ, Tomba, Justin Houston, uh, Eric Berry, uh, these guys, Ron Parker, these guys at one point had one of the scariest defenses on the field. And now they've all been victims of injuries and, and, and struggling or being paid way too much. And they're all gone. As a matter of fact, the final player, the final two players from the Scott Pioli era, uh, who are draft picks, Justin Houston and Eric Berry, they have both been released. And that is officially the end of all of the draft picks from the Scott Pioli era. Maybe Jeff Allen returns. We will see on that. Jeff Allen was taken in the last year of the Scott Pioli era in 2012. Uh, but man, uh, it, it's it's crazy how the business works. It, it almost feels like for those uh, for those of you who are Marvel fans, it's, it's like um, that big villain Thanos came to Arrowhead, snapped his fingers, and half the Chiefs defense was gone. With all with that big list of players I just mentioned right there, so uh, again, it's part of the business, man. It's it's not uh it's not exciting. Uh, I think the best way I can compare this to would be in education. A lot of people who are in education, they're in it because they love it. They love working with kids. They love to teach kids. They want to help the next generation. They want to help children for the future. But unfortunately, in education. A lot of tough decisions are made. Sometimes you have to cut back on certain funding with school districts, whether you have to lay off teachers, whether it's certain activities that you cannot afford to have, uh, maybe certain resources that you could provide for students. 
uh, that may not be available. And I, I spoke to a superintendent once back when I was working for the Kansas City Star doing a story on uh, school board elections. And he mentioned, hey, look, I love education, but this is the part where we have to make tough decisions. And it's not the uh, part of education that I like so much. It's a big part. It, it, a lot of politics is involved, and he's not a big fan of that. So uh, it's, it's kind of like that with the NFL. There is that. Uh, that part where look, uh, you 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 love the game of football, but there's also a part of football where there's that stressful part where you just gotta make tough decisions. Every job, every industry, people can say that they love their job, but there's always one part of their job, one aspect that stresses them out, and they don't like that part of their job. Just about every job has that in the world today. That's Brett Veach's job as a general manager of an NFL team in Kansas City. Now, some positive notes for the Kansas City Chiefs. It has not been all parting ways. There have been some new faces in town. If you remember last year, the Chiefs were going after Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, the safety from the Arizona Cardinals. Instead, he signed with the Houston Texans. But sure enough, he has made his way to Kansas City. He has signed a three-year deal making $14 million per year on average. He was the 21st-ranked safety by Pro Football Focus last year. Coming off that injury from 2017, went over to Houston for 2018. Uh, Pro Bowler in 2015 when he had five interceptions. Last year, he had two picks for 89 tackles. Uh, By the way, the uh, 89 tackles, that ties his 2015 Pro Bowl year for most tackles in a single season. Also had three sacks. Last season, that is the most he's ever had in a career in a season. He had four sacks before 2018. He never had more than one sack in a single season. So I have Tyron Matthew coming to the fold. By the way, I asked you guys on Facebook and Twitter, true or false, Tyron Matthew and Eric Berry are going to be your week one starters. So many of you said yes to that. I, I Someone even asked, what do you think? Do you think that uh, Jamie asked me this on Facebook and, and I I was going to say yes on this podcast. I, I truly thought those were going to be your two starters. I know when Tyron Matthew signed with the Chiefs, before that there was that report from Peter King of SI that Eric Berry was going to stay in Kansas City, but it turned out that it's obviously not going to be the case. A lot of when, when Tyron Matthew signed, a lot of Chiefs fans, they changed their opinion of Eric Berry and I guess a more optimistic approach thinking, look, we got Matthew, and if Eric Berry can stay healthy, that is one damn good duo at safety. Uh, and before uh, before Earl Thomas signed his deal with the Ravens, Landon Collins signed with the Redskins. Or uh, yeah, yeah, Landon Collins did go to the Redskins. Excuse me. So at one point, Landon Collins became the highest paid safety in the NFL. Tyron Matthew was the second highest paid safety with the Chiefs. And Eric Berry was the third highest paid safety. So the Chiefs for roughly 40 hours, they had the second and third highest paid safeties in the NFL. Kind of weird, but uh, that is how it all panned out. But Tyron Matthew, a lot of you guys wanted him last year. And now he has found his way to Kansas City. Now we'll see what else the Chiefs do. Uh, with the other safety position, how do they feel about Armani Watts coming off an injury? Dan Sorensen, he's played a lot the past couple of years in Eric Berry's absence. So what role will he have in 2019 for the Kansas City Chiefs? I think he's a player that's worth 
keeping an eye on if he stays with the with the team for 2019. But man, uh, Tyron Matthew coming to Kansas City, uh, one of the big players for sure on this Chiefs defense that'll help the Chiefs improve for 2019. One of the better run stopping safeties in the NFL as well. So that is something the Chiefs need for sure to help improve their defense. Now, the Chiefs did not stop there with their signings on the defensive side. They also signed Cowboys outside linebacker Damian Wilson. To be clear, he is a 4-3 outside linebacker. So he does have experience in that 4-3 scheme. He started seven games in 2018, played in all 16 games all four years with the Cowboys. Not very good, though. Ranked 87th by Pro Football Focus. His teammates, Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith, they were ranked fourth and sixth as linebackers on the Cowboys. To give you an idea, just for reference, Dorian O'Daniel was 61st, Ragland was 73rd, and Anthony Hitchens was 92nd. That is the worst, by the way, among linebackers in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. And now you've got Damian Wilson. Again, not a good player. Uh, He may be a guy that will provide depth, but don't rule out the possibility of him starting in week one as well. Again, I know that 87th rating or, or ranking, excuse me, not the most enticing thing to hear. Uh, but he does have experience in that 4-3 scheme. And who knows if maybe he improves under Matt House, the linebackers coach for the Chiefs, and Steve Spagnolo in Kansas City. That is something to keep in mind uh, Keep in mind of. Uh, that, that, that can always help out a player. The, the change of scenery. The Chiefs did that, adding a 4-3 outside linebacker to their roster. Now, a couple of other news and notes regarding who the Chiefs could bring in. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported that the Chiefs have, quote, serious interest in Eagles cornerback Ronald Darby, pardon me. Now, the report was that around Wednesday late afternoon, the talk was that Darby could be signed by the Chiefs before the end of Wednesday. Now, letting you guys know, it is Wednesday night as I'm recording this. And so far, nothing's been done yet. But in case he does get signed, I'll give you guys an idea as to what the Chiefs are getting in Ronald Darby and what you should really look out for. Second round pick out of Florida State University. uh, uh, Played for the Buffalo Bills his first two years. Drafted by the Bills. And that was in 2015. Played for them in 2016 his last year. Then he played for the Eagles the last two years, but played in eight games in 2017 and nine games in 2018 due to injuries. Now, he did play all the way through the postseason run to the Super Bowl with the Eagles, so he did play in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, helping the Eagles capture their first Super Bowl as a franchise. Uh, But he did not play in the postseason this past year. Uh, uh, despite playing just eight games in 2017, he had three picks, the most of his career, which is kind of impressive doing so in limited amount of time. And I think that also goes to show you what kind of a coaching staff they have in Philadelphia if they help them improve like that. He had that ankle injury in 2017 in week one, and he had a torn ACL in week 10 of this past season. And that's why he was not able to play with the team in uh, the postseason against the Bears and against the Saints. And if he does sign with the Chiefs, there may be a question, a concern. Could he be available in uh, in the Chiefs for OTAs and for training camp? 
because the injury happened in week 10. The, the torn ACL injury happened in week 10. So that is something to be aware of if the Chiefs do sign Ronald Darby. Now the other cornerback who the Chiefs are going to be visiting, this is according to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. He seemed to be the only one to be aware of this. Uh, again, covering the Texans for the Chronicle, he tweeted that uh, Chargers cornerback, Jason Verrett, he visited the 49ers already. He's going to visit the Texans, and then he will visit the Chiefs the following day. So, not exactly sure when that'll happen. Sometimes you do see players that are scheduled to visit other teams, but they may visit one team and they're happy with that visit only, and they'll cancel their other visits, hopefully... Verrett will still give the Chiefs a chance to give you guys an idea. Some of you guys may be familiar with Jason Verrett as well, especially if he followed Big 12 football a few years ago. In uh, 2014, he was a first-round pick out of TCU. He was the co-Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2013 and was first-team All-Big 12 in 2012 and 2013. A Pro Bowler in 2015, he had three picks One of them for a pick six, but in his rookie year in 2014, uh, he missed a lot of time. He missed 10 games, missed 12 games in 2016. He missed 15 games in 2017, and he missed all 16 games last year due to a torn Achilles tendon on the first day of training camp for 2018. Very, very talented player. A lot of potential. Just like Eric Berry and Justin Houston, though, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries and... Unlike those guys, though, he could be joining the team for a much cheaper price. And look, if, if you're Verrett, you have to understand you haven't played a whole lot the past couple of years. So you would have to accept a much cheaper price, unlike Eric Berry and Justin Houston. So that is one thing to be aware of. Uh, would be a, a risky move, but probably not a, a big price the Chiefs would be paying if he does suffer another injury. And maybe the Chiefs can maybe find out what can they do to help him stay healthy. That's that's another part of it as, as well. What's your strength and conditioning coach like can your coaching staff help you take care of your body more that is something that is very important to evaluate as well when you consider these players especially the ones that have been dealing with a lot of injuries uh tyron matthew has dealt with injuries before ronald darby and jason verrett damian wilson uh these guys aren't free agents for no reason and and sure uh matthew was on a one-year prove-it deal but The Texans had a lot of interest in bringing him back. I know a lot of Texans fans were upset when Tyron Matthew moved on to Kansas City. And it's one of those situations where now in Kansas City, you just hope that he has luck on his side and can stay healthy. As well as all these players, assuming uh, they, they come to Kansas City or even if they go elsewhere, that they can stay healthy and stay on the field. So there's a lot of that going on. With the Chiefs, just a quick rundown. The uh, Chiefs have lost a couple of players who have moved on. Demetrius Harris, he has signed with the Cleveland Browns on a two-year deal. Reuniting with John Dorsey, also reuniting with Kareem Hunt. And we'll talk about the Browns a little bit later because they have been very busy uh, this week. Adding a lot of firepower. They did add Kareem Hunt, as I mentioned, so... Uh, they're a team that could do a lot of damage in 2019. I mean, they improved a lot in 2018 after the firing of Hugh Jackson, and now they're moving on with Freddie Kitchens. Should be very, very interesting to see uh, how they do there, and I'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, but Demetrius Harris, he goes on to Cleveland. Steven Nelson, he has signed a three-year, $25.5 million deal with... 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mentioned Mitch Morris. He is now the highest paid center in the NFL. He has uh, signed an, uh, a four-year deal worth just over $11 million per year with the Buffalo Bills. More news, by the way. Matt Derrick uh, tweeted Wednesday morning, a friend of the podcast, of course. Uh, the Chiefs have tendered three exclusive rights uh, free agents per source. Kicker Harrison Butker, wide receiver Marcus Kemp, and defensive tackle Justin Hamilton. And he was also told that a long-term extension with Harrison Butker remains a possibility. And I know Chiefs fans are probably wondering what's going on with uh, with Anthony Sherman. Could he return to Kansas City? I know the fullback position, uh, you, you don't see a lot of fullbacks anymore in the NFL. So whenever you find a good fullback, you got to keep him. And we'll see what the Chiefs want to do with Anthony Sherman. And if he's going to be brought back, we'll see what happens there. One of the players who the Chiefs, one of the key uh, free agents that is, still uncertain what his future is like. Look, I know this is not uh, easy to accept the fact that you're letting go of some defensive players, but all three of these guys, if there's one thing they have in common, it's that they haven't been the most reliable, especially when it comes to health. And the Chiefs need to figure out, you know, what's more important to them. These players, especially when they are not consistent with their ability to stay on the field, or is it Patrick Mahomes? I went over it earlier. I think it's very obvious that Patrick Mahomes is the more important player for a franchise. A lot to talk about with the Chiefs and their activity in free agency. A lot going on. And joining us here on the podcast right now is Charles Goldman. He is the head editor of ChiefsWire.com. You can also check out the ChiefsWire podcast over at the ChiefsWire.com. They do a lot of great stuff uh, over there covering the Kansas City Chiefs. And later on, I do want to talk about the uh, combine in which Charles and one of his writers, they attended and uh, did a fantastic job with their coverage. I uh, kind of want to get his reaction with where the Chiefs could go following some of this free agency activity and potentially other players who uh, the Chiefs could be going after. So a lot to get into with Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire joining us uh, back on the podcast once again. Last time we talked to you, Charles, it was right before the AFC Championship game, the uh, highest downloaded uh, episode of the Chiefs on podcast. So that was pretty cool. A lot of people will say it's because of the big game, but I think uh, you had a big hand in that. But nonetheless, I do appreciate you coming back. Welcome back in, man. How are you? I'm great. And hey, thank you so much. You're, you're too kind. Thank you for having me back on. I'm, I'm happy to be here and talking some Chiefs football. Yeah, and I know there's a lot to uh, to uncover here, and uh, boy, it's almost like we did it a second time, but uh, I forgot to uh, pull this up, but your um, your social media, your Twitter, uh, let everyone know how they can follow you and how they can follow the Chiefs Wire on social media. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL, you can follow the Chiefs Wire at the Chiefs Wire. And uh, you can follow us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Chiefswire when Facebook is actually working. Yeah, and I know we talked about that as well with the with the outage. And I guess they can't figure it out. But uh, as of Wednesday evening when we record this, it is uh, it is working just fine right now. And I also mentioned Wednesday evening because you never know what could come up uh, with, uh, with news in the podcasting realm. Uh, but hey, look, uh, we'll deal with it as we go on. Uh, let's let's start with who the Chiefs did have and who they parted ways with. 
Uh, D. Ford. They traded him to San Francisco and they released Justin Houston and Eric Berry. A lot of people wondered with the dead money situation how the Chiefs would handle Justin Houston and Eric Berry. Obviously, no restructure right there. And D. Ford, who had the best season of his career, I know he's been inconsistent. He ended up being traded. And I know Eric Berry didn't play a whole lot, but there is this hope that he could recover from his injury and uh, be the Eric Berry of old. But the Chiefs are letting go of the good players, uh, the very few good players who they had on this defense that was ranked 31st overall. I'm curious, uh, given the contributions that we've seen from Ford and Houston and with Barry, uh, again, I know injuries have derailed him the past couple of years, but there is still that hope that he could be that Eric Barry of old once again. Did it surprise you that the Chiefs decided to part ways with these three players? You know, uh, not so much. I'll I'll start at least with the edge rushers and work my way to Eric Berry. Um, with with the situation on the edge and Justin Houston, D Ford, the Chiefs would have gladly kept both of them based off their performance alone. But this was purely a, a financial decision with with an eye toward the future. They really wanted to secure contracts and ensure they had the money to pay Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, and Patrick Mahomes in the future. They also wanted to be active in in free agency and improve the secondary, which was a huge problem spot uh, on the defense last season. So with, with edge rushers being the you know, a premium position in, in the NFL, the, the second highest paid to quarterbacks. They thought, hey, we got a deep draft. Uh, we've got a, a, an okay free agent class. Let's part way with, ways with these guys. Maybe find some players who, who fit what Steve Spagnuolo likes a little bit better and, and find some guys on some cheaper contracts so that we can pay our other star players. And, um, Again, it, it has nothing to do with, with whether or not Justin Houston or, or D. Ford are, are good players or could even play in this new scheme. They probably both could play in it and do fine. Um, it, it's a matter of ensuring that they had the money to make the moves that they want to make now in free agency and in the future. So what about Eric Berry? Because I think a lot of people thought that he'd come back, but... Uh, it just seems like the Chiefs, uh, even though there was that report from Peter King uh, saying that expect Eric Berry to be on the team, and I saw that USA Today had, uh, there was a writer from USA Today, uh, he mentioned that there's a there's a possibility, there's a rumor going around that John Dorsey and the Browns, who they've been building up quite a bit lately, that they could be going after Eric Berry. And I thought for a second, hey, look, there looks like there could be trade value in Eric Berry after all, more than Justin Houston, which would be a crazy thought, but the Chiefs uh, did not uh, seem to have any situation there, so they decided to just release him. Uh, you know, what do you make of this defense? Because you look at the last 14 months, and there's a big list of defensive players where the Chiefs have let go. I'll just name a couple of them. I mentioned this on social media. Derek Johnson, Tom Bahali, Justin Houston, D. Ford, Marcus Peters, Eric Berry, Ron Parker twice, who they have cut in the last 14 months. Um Darrell Rivas, who a lot of people were holding out hope for, that he could uh, come to Kansas City and make an impact. But a lot of these players just did not seem to really get the job done. And for those who did, either they were going to demand a lot of money or they were making more than they should have. Uh, There really seems to be like a a new era, I guess, uh, for this Chiefs defense on the way. 
Yeah, it's a changing of the guard, uh, so to speak. Um, you're getting a lot of influx of young talent, younger players. And, you know, with the change uh, of scheme, you're getting guys who, who fit a, a scheme that is less rigid. Um, with with Bob Sutton's scheme, there wasn't a whole lot of room for, for error. Um, you had, you know, r- various responsibilities on, on certain plays. And uh, if you didn't execute to the T, you were going to give up yardage and points uh, most likely. And uh, even with, you know, leading the NFL in sacks, uh, the Chiefs couldn't put together a, a defensive performance that could get that team, you know, over over the hump. Yeah, they made it to the AFC Championship game, but the ultimate goal is making it to the Super Bowl, and they, they couldn't get there. They were completely shut down as a, as a defense against uh, the, the New England Patriots, apart from, uh, you know, a couple plays, but as far as, you know, sacks are concerned and, um, and coverage is concerned, they, they got picked apart. So, um, now they're moving to a scheme that, uh, relies on, you know, twists, stunts, bringing pressure from, from different spots, um, match pattern coverages, um, lot, lots of, uh, different skill sets that can be utilized, um, and, and they're bringing in guys that really kind of fit that system. Uh, they brought in some speed at the linebacker position already. They've brought in a, a replacement for Eric Berry, um, which, you know, these contracts will be signed shortly. Not quite there yet, <laughs> but probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, these players will be signed. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it truly is a, a changing of the garden. We're seeing what this new Chiefs defense will, will look like. Mind you, it's in its infancy. They've still got a long ways to go. Uh, they're, they're looking into some more players in free agency, and then you know they have the NFL draft to take into account. I mentioned this before you came on, but look, it, it's okay to feel upset or feel sad about losing Justin Houston and Eric Berry and even D Ford. I mean, Houston and Berry, I mean, they made a lot of uh, great contributions, probably some of the best players at their position in franchise history. Uh, Eric Berry may be the best safety of all time in Chiefs history. Justin Houston, uh, he's, he's he's up there as one of the best. Uh, it's hard to put anyone ahead of DT, but uh, right behind him, I think maybe you can make a case for Justin Houston. I don't want to get into history comparisons, but more so the fact that I think Chiefs fans just had an attachment to them. And look, you got to pick and choose your battles. I said this on social media, and I'll say it on here again with you, but uh, the Chiefs have to make a choice because you can't keep everyone. You can't pay everyone realistically unless you play Madden and you turn off the salary cap. You just can't realistically do that. It's either Patrick Mahomes and possibly Tyreek Hill, which seems like it, it could be doable. It's either those two guys and maybe a few other guys on the offense as well, maybe a couple key players on defense, or... It's keep Justin Houston, keep Eric Berry, overpay them, which is essentially what's happening right now for them, even though they deserve the contract at the time they signed. You just can't keep everybody. And I think that's something fans are forgetting, that this is a business, that there is a cap cap number, there is a cap room, and unfortunately, you, you just have to pick and choose your battles. And I listen, at the end of the day, why are the Patriots winning constantly it's because they still have number 12 they still have the quarterback in Tom Brady even though they have had a big turnover with so many players at so many different positions but as long as you still have that franchise QB you'll be just fine I think that's the approach Brett Veach has in all of this 
Yeah, it, it really is to, to keep Patrick Mahomes, make sure he's a chief for life, uh, make sure he gets that big contract. But but listen, Justin Houston, D. Ford, and Eric Berry are probably going to go on to have good 2019 seasons. And that's going to make people feel even more bitter about the fact that, that the Chiefs had to you know, get rid of them. But right now we're kind of paying for, for the past sins. You, you have to eventually make these tough choices of, Hey, you know, am I going to, you know, not, not have my franchise quarterback down the line to be able to pay these two pass rushers and this safety, the safety that's only played four games in two seasons for us, as great as he is, as much as he's meant to our city, you know, uh, same goes for, for Justin Houston. He almost broke the NFL sack record. He has been a, a superstar for the Chiefs during um, some some grim times. And when it finally came the time to pay him, he suffered a, a bad knee injury. And it really kind of derailed his progress. And yeah, he had a, a good, solid 2018 season. But is it a season worth, you know keeping him as one of the highest paid outside linebackers in the NFL uh, uh, on your roster? I, I don't think it was. So um, you, you certainly have to weigh those things and make those tough decisions as a general manager. And I don't think that that Brett Veach should be getting so much flack right now for, for being the guy in the shoes to make those tough decisions. Um, let's see the finished product. Let's see what he puts together for for Spagnolo and, and this Chiefs team. And uh, we'll see where they're at at the start of the, the 2019 season before we pass judgment on, you know, the moves that, that right now they, they hurt, they're painful, they feel bad, but in the long run they might pay off. I want to look at who the Chiefs could go after in the draft because they did sign Tyron Matthew. And look, I don't think anyone's, any Chiefs fan is going to say anything negative about that. Everyone is excited to see this guy. A lot of people thought he'd be playing alongside Eric Berry, but not the case. You got to move on forward with that. But the Chiefs did sign Damian Wilson, a 4-3 outside linebacker from the Dallas Cowboys. He's had some starting experience uh, with the Cowboys in the 4-3. And as has Anthony Hitchens before coming to KC, but uh, Wilson has a little bit more experience in that more recently that he does uh, than Hitchens. Uh, so look, and again, Wilson, not a great big name player by all means. He was the 87th rated linebacker by PFF. That's near the bottom of the league. But look, uh, for right now, uh, he is a guy that has that 4-3 experience for the Chiefs. So that is really the best that you have right now as far as guys who have experience in that position. You go back to the defensive ends or outside linebackers, edge rushers essentially, that the Chiefs just recently traded it and uh, released in Justin Houston and D. Ford. Uh, now, to know Passanio and Breland Speaks, those are guys who were recently, and I mean recently, just taken in the second round by the Chiefs. Those are pretty high investments. Do you still think that even though those are second-round picks, could the Chiefs still go after a pass rusher in the first round, or do you think they'll be confident enough to move forward with Speaks and Passanio as their uh, primary edge rushers to open up week one? <laughs> I'm, I'm calling my shot right now. I, I, I'm going to guarantee that the Kansas City Chiefs, short of a trade scenario um, w with another team trading away their first-round pick or something like that, uh, short of that happening... I guarantee that the Chiefs will be taking a edge rusher in the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. 
And do you have a player in mind as to who the Chiefs could go after or, or, or maybe a couple of options that might be available at the at the time with the Chiefs pick? Yeah. Um, if the Chiefs are picking at 29, uh, I think they have a target in mind. There's a player they've showed a lot of interest in between the uh, Senior Bowl and the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, and uh, I'm working to confirm whether or not he's coming in for a top 30 visit. But uh, Charles Omanihu, uh, defensive lineman out of Texas, he is someone that they are extremely interested in. He has some versatility to his game. He can play defensive tackle. He's got the size and length uh, for that as well. But but he can also uh, you know hop out to the outside, play some edge rusher, and I think that's where they really like him. Uh, is at that defensive end spot in this new scheme. So um, that that that's a guy that I would earmark for uh, 29 right now. Um, some people might be like, eh, that might be a reach, but you do a little more investigation into this player, how he compares to some of the others in this class, um, how he uh, how he's performed in the Senior Bowl, how he's performed in uh, this last season at Texas, what his coaches say about him, and stuff like that. He uh, He's a really impressive athlete, really impressive player. He's got some juice to his game. So I, I think that's a guy that, that, that the Chiefs are looking at very hard. They've also um, had some some uh, meetings at the Combine, informal meetings with both of the edge rushers from Clemson, uh, Cleland Farrell and Austin Bryant. Those are guys, um, I, I think Farrell is a possibility. He could be one of the edge rushers who fall because he didn't have the greatest combine performance. Um, but, man, he has some great tape. He's been part of a national championship team. Might be a guy that you might have to manufacture a trade-up a couple spots, maybe up to, like, the 17, 18 range to uh, to secure him, to ensure that you get him, um, which it's a possibility that you can do that now that you've got that 2020 uh, second-round draft pick. So, so you have some flexibility to move around, kind of be selective, find a guy that, that can be your, your impact edge player in that first round. Um, now, one of the reasons I'm getting the indication that the Chiefs are interested in taking an edge player so high is because they're still looking heavily into uh, adding to the secondary in free agency. They've got um, uh, Ronald Darby from the Philadelphia Eagles coming in on a, a free agent visit. Uh, they've also got, I believe, Jason Verrett. I saw a report about him coming in for a visit. Um, so they got a couple of guys that they're looking at. There's also a few guys out there who are uh, restricted free agents who have been uh, tendered. Uh, Ken Crawley over at uh, New Orleans Saints. That's a guy that I would be interested in signing uh, to an offer sheet and seeing if the Saints match that offer sheet because uh, he's a real talented player can play outside corner, can also kind of flex inside, play some safety too. So he's got some versatility to his game uh, if you kind of have to move him around a bit. So uh, that that's a player I would look into. Um, young, affordable, uh, ascending player in the league. So uh, they, they've got options uh, at, at the cornerback position still in free agency on the table. And they might even continue adding to the safety position, which seems kind of crazy because I think they got like eight guys on the roster right now. But they could continue to kind of mold and add to that as the the free agency period goes on, as they continue to make moves there. Um, There's still some edge rushers out there in free agency, but it's not quite 
the the strength of the remaining guys out there. So I'm not sure how much they'll delve into that. But I, I'm really, really confident that they're going to be looking at that edge rusher early. Yeah, you did mention the cornerback uh, situation. The Chiefs, of course, uh, traded Marcus Peters last year. This year could not retain Steven Nelson. He is moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, he did report that the Chiefs, quote, have serious interest in Eagles cornerback Ronald Darby. You talked about him a little bit. Uh, could sign at the end of the day Wednesday. That is the initial report. And then uh, Aaron Wilson, uh, who covers the Texans for the Houston Chronicle, he tweeted that Rams cornerback Jason Verrett visited the San Francisco 49ers. He will also visit the, the Texans, also will visit the Chiefs uh, from what he has heard. Uh, I'm, I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are. And as a matter of fact, I asked you guys on social media if you have a question for Charles and I. Uh, Mikey Mike 78 on Twitter uh, he wants to know what's your opinion of Ronald Derby living in Philadelphia. I've seen him play when he's healthy. He's a playmaker. Keyword is when healthy. And again, you could easily say that for Justin Houston and Eric Berry. So I guess to kind of add on to that, why would the Chiefs consider a guy like him after parting ways with uh, guys who have been dealing with a lot of injuries? It's all about value, uh, getting the best possible value you can. Guys who are coming off injuries, teams are going to be wary to invest. They they might have a strong market because they're coming off of an injury, but a, a lot of the teams aren't going to be uh, throwing around a lot of guaranteed money and stuff like that. In Ronald Darby's case, he's coming off of two back-to-back injuries. He had a dislocated uh, ankle, I believe, in 2017 uh, after he was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles from the Buffalo Bills. Then in uh, 2018, he tore his ACL in November, so he's still recovering from that. He's not 100% yet, though uh, I'm told that he's a a little bit ahead of schedule on his recovery. So that's always good news, especially with with knee injuries, to kind of be ahead of schedule, to be ahead of where you're supposed to be. But obviously the Chiefs doctors are going to want to check that out. They're going to want to look into both of those injuries, his injury history, and kind of really get to know – the player, what he's gone through, and they're going to make a determination on that, and the Chiefs' offer will probably be based off of that determination if they even make an offer to the player. Um, As far as his talent is concerned, I I fully agree that when Ronald Darby is healthy, he is a a playmaker at the corner position. He is a a cornerback number one, the guy who you're going to rely on to take away top receiver from from your opponent he has got a penchant for breaking up passes I believe he's got 54 pass breakups uh, since entering the league in 2015 and that's like good for top top 11 or something like that in the league And, and and that's also considering he missed half of both of the past two seasons so yeah um imagine what he could have done he's probably you know you're looking at a guy who's probably top five maybe even you know competing for the number one slot in pass breakups when when he plays full seasons if he plays full seasons there so um at the end of the day if he's healthy if he's ready to go if you can get him on a contract that that doesn't have a, a whole lot of guaranteed money attached to it has some incentives so that he can maximize his value and kind of cash in um, by with with some good play and good performances. That that's the ideal situation there. Um, that that's what the Chiefs are really looking for there. And 
really at this point free agency i mean there have been several guys who have signed corner wasn't already you know really one of the strongest uh points in free agency but a lot of people would still consider darby the top guy so if you can get him signed uh at, at this point of free agency after the legal tampering period's been going on people have already spent a lot of money out there on the open market I mean, it could be a big deal for the Chiefs. It could it could certainly make fans feel a little bit better about losing some of these guys to, to go in and get, you know, top-notch safety like Tyron Matthew, a top-notch corner like Ronald Darby. That would really take take the sting away from uh, losing Justin Houston, D. Ford, Eric Berry, some of their beloved favorites. Because now you're going to have some new favorites coming to town. You were at the uh, Combine in Indianapolis, and so uh, you were also there with one of your contributors, contributors, pardon me, Robert Rimson, and you guys did a fantastic job on social media. I know a lot of people don't come to you guys uh, for some of the Chiefs news, such as, you know, releases, signings, and, and, and whatnot, but uh, you, you guys really, I, I truly feel like you guys did a fantastic job uh, when you guys were at the Combine uh, and all of the tweets that you guys put out, all the all the video, basically all the coverage that you guys did. Uh, really a fantastic job, and I'm sure you guys still have some of that stuff archived over at thechiefswire.com. Uh, I did want to ask you, because we have focused so much on the defense, and I looked at Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. I looked at his mock draft, and this was before free agency, mind you. Uh, he did have the Chiefs taking a defensive player with the first-round pick, but with the two second-round pick uh, picks, pardon me, he did have the Chiefs taking a running back and an offensive lineman. I'm really curious because given that the Chiefs had that situation with Kareem Hunt, uh, people think Damian Williams could be the guy, but hey, there is always room for improvement. And given that Mitch Morris has moved on to Buffalo, do you think there's a chance that the Chiefs maybe could surprise us and go for an offensive player uh, with one of the two second-round picks? And if so, is there anyone that really stood out to you who you think could be a guy that will be available late in the second round for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of, of trains of thought there. As for running back, uh, I'll cover that one first. The Chiefs historically haven't valued running backs quite as high as the rest of the NFL. And in a deep class like this, I think they're really going to like dig deep and look for the value guys, the guys who they can get later in the draft, who maybe if this was a thinner draft class would be pushed up a little bit. So I, I think round five, maybe you trade up into round four, something like that, to secure a guy that they like. If they're looking to add another running back, I mean, right now, it's a little bit of a crowded backfield. You've got three guys who are you know, scheduled to make the roster, and Damian Durrell and Carlos Hyde. So um, you got three guys already. They carried four last season. But one of those guys was inactive every week until, you know, injury and circumstance struck um, in Darrell Williams. So I'm not sure if they're going to draft a guy just to stash him on the roster. Um, I, I know they want to create competitive depth, but I think they can find that later in the draft and, and still have uh, quite a bit of success, especially with the depth of this class. But I do think that um, offensive players will be uh, targeted early in the draft and they won't be ignored like, like last year. Um, an interesting moment that I caught at the NFL scouting combine, I posted this in a story, uh, called odds and ends from the 2019 NFL scouting combine. Um, 
we were walking to the media interview room ahead of the quarterback wide receiver or the, the throwing sessions and uh, the, the, the walkway and, and path to get to the Lucas Oil Stadium is right along the same way to the media interview room. And um, Kyler Murray wasn't wasn't throwing that day, but he was there at the combine. And we saw Kyler Murray walking and talking with Chiefs receiver coach uh, Greg Lewis. And why would Kyler Murray be talking with, with Greg Lewis? Why would they be walking and talking together and whatnot? I don't know what they were talking about, but I can't assume it was about quarterback play. It's a wide receiver <laughs> coach for crying out loud. So I, I think he was probably trying to get some information maybe about one of the Oklahoma receivers. There's only one of them in the draft this year, I believe, which is uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Uh, the the relative of Antonio Brown, um, and he has an injury that uh, kept him from from working out at the uh, at the combine. I don't know if he worked out at his pro day, which was today. I haven't had a chance to check that out. But uh, he's he's a guy who had some first round hype before this whole injury situation transpired. So now you know people kind of see him slipping out of that first first round. So maybe I'm thinking. You know, if, if if Lewis is getting some information there, per, perhaps perhaps the Chiefs are, are looking into him as a possible target in the second round. Um, I obviously can't know for sure. I don't have don't have a communication device where I can listen in on their conversation. I wish I did. It would have been great. But uh, you know, seeing him walking and talking, it certainly raises raises and piques some interest. Um, as for the offensive line position. Um, the Chiefs could still address that in free agency. I think they're going to look for maybe a center to compete with Austin Ryder, at least push him for the starting job. That might be a, a free agent guy. I believe there's a guy who's been connected to the Chiefs out there, uh, Brett Jones. He was with the Vikings last year. He's been connected to the Chiefs. I don't know if he'll end up signing or not, um, but that that's an option free agency. If they don't go the free agency route, though, and they decide, hey, let's draft a guy. We got Patrick Mahomes. We got to make sure he is protected 100 um, percent. I mean, frankly, if I was running the show, I'd be drafting an offensive lineman every year in the top three rounds for the rest of the, you know, his career, just to ensure that he's got enough guys. But um, I, I think that there's only a few, I'd say three or four guys in the NFL draft that are true centers that, that played the position for significant time in college and are, are day one starters, guys who can come in and start. So it's possible they could target one of those guys at the, the bottom of the second round. Um, that That's a strong possibility. They have those two picks that are kind of right next to each other. So if they don't move around, if they don't get selective, if they stay at their spots, um, that that's definitely a possibility. Those those two offensive players. He's Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire, part of USA Today, the editor of thechiefswire.com. Charles, before I let you go, uh, give everyone uh, your uh, information out, how they can follow you on social media, and uh, how they can follow all of your work on the Chiefs Wire. Hey, uh, visit us at chiefswire.usatoday.com. You can also go to chiefswire.com. It'll usually redirect you to the website. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash chiefswire. Follow us on Twitter at the chiefswire. You can follow my personal account at goldmctnfl. 
and uh, please follow uh, all of our contributors. We have some great writers uh, working working out here, working real hard, covering the Chiefs. Um, Robert Rimson, he was out at the scouting combine for me. He had some great work, some really cool videos that he took uh, of us getting to interview and others getting to interview prospects at the podiums, um, as well as uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and general manager Brett Veach. So, um, yeah, take a look at that stuff and, and, you know, please give us a follow and, uh, feel free to, to message us anytime. We're real open, love to talk to all of our followers and people, uh, answer questions and interact. So, uh, get, give us a shout and, uh, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> all right. Hey Charles, good stuff. I appreciate a lot of information. I'm sure we'll have you on again. I definitely want to reach out to Robert as well. I was telling you earlier, uh, before we started the interview, and I mentioned on the podcast too, he he put out a lot of great stuff over at the combine. Uh, and uh, you mentioned he's only 21 years old; he's uh, a senior in college, and he's graduating soon. So uh, that, that that's pretty good uh, for a guy like him to be able to put that kind of content out there uh, as a college student. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot from hey, uh, from 21 year olds. I mean, let me let me tell you my philosophy behind it. I started at Chiefs Wire as. Uh, as an unpaid contributor myself. And, you know, I was blessed to have the opportunity to actually go to the 2018 uh, NFL scouting combine with our uh, managing editor, Wesley Roach. And it was an experience that really like kind of transformed, um, you know, what, what I thought I could do um, as a writer, as a journalist. And, uh, you know, I got this opportunity to take over for him and I, I kind of just want to pass it on. I want to be able to, to help people out, help them, uh, pursue their dreams improve as a writer and and have opportunities like I had um, that, that really influenced me and impacted me so uh, to be able to, to have Robert out there with me truly a blessing and uh, you know fo- please please follow his work and follow uh, all of our writers work <laughs> awesome well hey uh, we will keep in touch, Charles. Again, thanks for your time coming on here. We could have talked for 20 more minutes, given all the craziness that's been going on, but we covered a big chunk of it, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on sometime after the draft, so we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Great stuff from Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire. Go check out his work and uh, check out his uh, team as well. They do a lot of great stuff over at thechiefswire.com. Uh, like I said, the the job they did at the combine, very impressive. Honestly, better than a lot of the... Uh, Big name reporters out there, and that's not a shot at some of the big name reporters. Of course, a couple of them we, we have on the podcast, but uh, these guys killed it. They really did, and they certainly deserve uh, more followers. So if you guys get a chance, please go check them out on Twitter and give them a follow as well. They have a lot of great Chiefs commentary and a lot of Chiefs articles over at their website, so check them out. By the way, fun fact, just kind of mentioning this, uh, we actually recorded that interview twice. Well, more like what, what we did it once, and then we did half of it before. So what happened was my recording completely crapped out on me, and uh, thankfully Charles was cool enough. He's actually experienced with the podcasting realm, so he helped me out a little bit. That's why the audio sounded much better, if you were wondering what the deal was with that. So big thanks to Charles for all of his time, even though you only heard a portion of it. uh, We were on the phone for an hour, a little more than that, getting things done. So I appreciate Charles and his time joining me on the podcast. So again, check out his work over at the Chiefs Wire. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL.
All right, some AFC West news. The Oakland Raiders acquired Antonio Brown from the Steelers. They also added Trent Brown from the Patriots, making him the highest paid tackle. Uh, look, man, uh, I, I know uh, people don't want to admit it, but I think the Raiders gradually making some some waves here. Uh, the Raiders and the Browns, and I'll get to the Browns shortly. Uh, these two have been making a, a lot of improvements. Don't forget this about the Raiders. Yeah, sure, Derek Carr, hey, he's been very inconsistent, but he had his moments, and obviously he came close to winning MVP a couple of years ago. If he stays healthy, man, you've got Jordy Nelson on one side of the field, and then you've got... Antonio Brown on the other side. And then if you have Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson lining up beside each other, and you see this sometimes with the Chiefs when they have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill lined up on the same side, and something maybe you even see Sammy Watkins mixed in there as well with one or the other, or even both, that's going to throw off teams. That's going to kill them. They're either going to be forced to burn a timeout, or the defenders are going to be forced to figure it out on their own. In a matter of seconds. And that's never an easy thing for defensive backs to do on the spot like that. So the Raiders can cause some problems if they can play their cards right. And don't forget, the Raiders still own all three of their first round picks. Despite not, despite acquiring Antonio Brown and not having to give away any of them. That I thought was the crazy part. So the Raiders really do have the potential to... Play it really well. If there was one team I would love to have their draft situation, it would certainly be Oakland's. Three first-round picks, you have plenty of opportunities to improve this football team. And look, let me just say this. I would love for a highly exuberant rivalry between the Chiefs and Raiders. I I mean, I'm still bitter from Raiders fans accusing me of fake news when I posted that... uh, Khalil Mack could be traded for two first-round picks. If you guys remember that, I was I was pretty upset. I still am just a little bit, but uh, I, I mean, I, I I take as many shots as I can to the Raiders. I really do. But for right now, I mean, look, this Raiders team—they're on the rise. I think they're going to be better than Denver, and I think they can definitely compete with the Chargers to be the second best. But I think this division still belongs to Kansas City. I think Oakland can challenge the Chiefs more than those two teams. The Browns, by the way, they're going to be challenging a lot of teams in the AFC after getting Odell Beckham Jr. They got Kareem Hunt. They've been adding a lot of players this year, and John Dorsey, give him credit. If he's learned from his mistakes in the past, hopefully the Browns are not going to get into serious cap issues, and if they do, well then, as Chiefs fans, we know what that's like. But for right now, man, You've got a great offense to work with. Kareem Hunt, he should be removed from the commissioner's exempt list soon. May serve a one or two game suspension. He missed five games last year, so I think they may just go light on him and give him a one or two game suspension for 2019. And then you've got Odell Beckham Jr. That is a great situation for that young quarterback right there. You look at what you have and you look at what Freddie Kitchens has to work with in Cleveland. Uh, This is going to go really well for Cleveland. Everything went well for them last year after they let go of Hugh Jackson. And you look at what they're dealing with right now, offensively speaking, they're adding some firepower on defense too. They have some good players right there. There are just some missing pieces right there that they're currently filling in. But now if you're Baker Mayfield, man... It's all on you to go out there, lead this football team, and succeed. He he played like he was a veteran QB when Freddie Kitchens, or, or excuse me, when um, 
Greg Williams was the head coach, the interim head coach. So very interesting to see there. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Giants are sticking with Eli Manning, but there is speculation that the Giants will follow the, quote, Kansas City model, and they will draft a quarterback to sit behind Eli Manning. And yes, I did say Kansas City model because that term has been used quite a lot in reference to the fact that the Chiefs used Patrick Mahomes drafting him, but had him sit for one year behind Alex Smith. Now, a lot of people are also responding saying, look, the Chiefs had a Pro Bowl quarterback in Alex Smith. That's why the Chiefs were able to do that with ease. And that's a fair point. Uh, whereas right now, Eli Manning isn't playing as well as he used to. So could it, could you could you draft a guy and how much could he learn from a struggling Eli Manning? Uh, unlike Patrick Mahomes, learning from a guy in Alex Smith who was doing very well. There may be a, a bit of a different dynamic there. That Kansas City model, not every team can do it. Unless you're the Patriots and you draft a quarterback in the first round to learn from Tom Brady. Similar for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, not every team has that luxury. Very fortunate that the Chiefs had that. Uh, but I don't know if that Kansas City model is going to work for every team out there. Only time will tell if the if the Giants do follow through with the rumors and draft a quarterback to sit behind Eli Manning for a year. Let's go out of bounds. Oh man, Conor McGregor once again arrested. Uh, This time kind of a more odd incident. Uh, He took a fan's phone, smashed it. The only smashing he's done the past couple of years to anybody. Uh, took the phone after smashing it. He got arrested. A couple of charges f- filed against him. You know he's getting a title shot off this. He just he just will. Because it adds more attention to Conor McGregor. Uh, the fan, by the way, his name has been made public, which is a concern of mine, and I'll say why. But uh, that fan thought that Conor was coming in for a handshake, and I guess the fan wanted to record the handshake, and... That got, uh, it just escalated from there. Listen, Conor McGregor fans, and I don't know if this fan was being crazy or anything, but they are very, they're a rambunctious bunch. They really are. And I don't know if this fan was being wild or anything when he saw Conor, but that's just the stigma that's now been tied in with Conor McGregor. And I don't know it's a very healthy one. Listen, when you're Conor McGregor, when you're a guy that, switched from one sport to another for one night and made a hundred million dollars just to get TKO'd you know it comes with the territory people are going to follow you around wherever you go walking down the street is going to make news it's going to make headlines if Conor McGregor is walking down downtown Kansas City tonight it's making the front page of the Kansas City Stars website I've said this with Mahomes everything going on with Mahomes is news now whether he's playing video games and streaming online, uh, visiting the Call of Duty Treyarch Studios, hanging out with Mark Cuban, one of the more notable owners in sports today. Uh, I mean, everything with Patrick Mahomes' life is news. Same thing with Conor McGregor, man. Uh, and again, people uh, who have this kind of a public stature, They've just got to be careful. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that wild side to him, and I think it's because of the, of the sport Connor is a part of. And it, look, it, it just, again, comes with the territory. If you're Connor McGregor, man, you've got to see what you can do to 
minimize some of the wildness that goes on in your public stature. I know he's been trying to play this humble role with MMA fighters on social media lately, which is interesting to see, but hey, it's cool. I'll take it. Uh, but it doesn't seem like he can ever get rid of the wild stigma that comes with McGregor's brand, so to say. That is something that McGregor has to uh, figure out. Him and his uh, his agent, his people, his, his public team. By the way, uh, I'm sure you guys have all heard about what's been going on with a lot of college athletes and the bribing uh, of, uh, of their of these kids, these college students going to school and someone else going to class for them and completing all of their education. Uh, I mean, just a a, a really uh, terrible way of of cheating. And a lot of athletes, a lot of schools have been caught on this. The most notable one is Lori Laughlin. For those who remember, she played the role of Rebecca Donaldson in the popular sitcom from the 80s and 90s Full House. And I guess she's still part of the show because they have Fuller House on Netflix. I'm a couple of seasons behind on that, but... Uh, I don't know what happens with her role on that show now. I know she is in Canada now. She has been let, uh, she was let go on a bond. Uh, she's bailed out. Uh, I know she's in Canada now filming. By the way, People Magazine reported that as as, as of this moment, Wednesday evening, she, uh, her daughter, who was knowingly cheating to get into a, a school, she was on a yacht. I don't know what for, but that's ex- where where she was when her mom got out of jail, when Lori Laughlin got out of jail. So a lot of people were angry about this because the big thing you got to be aware, of, and you guys know how much I despise college cheating that goes on in sports. I know people are going to compare Silvio DeSouza with KU. Man, that's a player who claims he did not know that his guardian got money from a, uh, a Nike representative or Adidas, whatever company it was. This is a much different situation. These are college students, parents, and schools, and people coming in as actors, pretending to be these students in classrooms. Everyone, uh, so many people doing the works, cheating to get all this done, which is completely wrong. Uh, Man, uh, I mean, this is uh, a really bad situation. For everybody involved. And this is something that's going to stick with those people for a long time. Last thing I I do want to touch on. Very important story. Knicks owner James Dolan claims a fan from a viral video. A viral incident. uh, Was trying to set up a quote ambush. And decided to ban this fan for life. uh, From Madison Square Garden. The fan shouted sell the team to Dolan. And Dolan. Very rarely we see people do this. Uh, Dolan responded. In fact, he stopped to respond. He actually got close to the fan. Now, there's still a barrier. I mean, he's a, he's in a tunnel, and this fan is, you know, he's a level above him uh, because of the rising seats. Uh, so this fan goes, uh, you should sell the team. And uh, Dolan responds and says, you think I should sell the team? Do you not want to come to games? Uh, that's rude. Enjoy watching them on TV. He stuck around for a little bit, and it's he didn't even say anything to security. Security just simply knew what to do. I don't know if he did a hand gesture, something that security's maybe studied and, and have practiced before. Uh, believe it or not, NFL teams and their security guys, they do practice taking down anyone that runs onto the field. Uh, these things they do practice, believe it or not. Crazy enough. But immediately while talking to the fans, security goes up to this fan, blocking him from being able to leave, and they escorted him out of the building 
And he has been banned from Madison Square Garden for life. And it was weird because Dolan waited a few seconds just to make sure that this fan was was surrounded by security. And then he went to the tunnel and left. Uh, look, if you're a fan, we saw this with uh, Marcus Peters. He actually went up to a fan who was badgering him while, while he was on the sidelines during a Rams game this year. Listen, man, fans think that this, just because they pay top dollar for these tickets, that they can shout whatever they want. Now, listen, I, I'm going to play both sides of this here, okay? Because fans do have the right to boo when, when players are walking past their way. If you want, curse at them, tell them they suck, uh, flip them off. You, I mean, uh, if you get caught on video... It's not going to look good on you, but you, I mean, you, you, you're allowed to do that, I, I guess. Uh, but if someone responds to you, get ready for the potential backlash that could come with it. Uh, you cannot just sit there and yell at them and curse at these guys or, or give them a hard time and not expect them to respond. Uh, sometimes they don't do it. Very few times they do. I mentioned Marcus Peters, James Dolan did it, and I think this fan maybe regrets doing what he did. Uh, I get it. You want to send a message to the owner because maybe you feel like he doesn't care. That's fine. But the owner has the right to respond like that. Now, does he have the right to claim, uh, to accuse him of claiming an ambush or to just ban him because he gave his opinion? It's not like he said anything horrible. It's not like he threatened to to do something to him. But uh, I think there was a bit of a gray area here. Uh, So whether or not James Dolan can, can do such a thing just because of a fan who... Gave his opinion. Uh, I don't know. That's a very interesting thing that we uh, we witnessed. And for Dolan to retaliate like that, I think may have been uh, taken a bit too far. Feel free to respond to the fan and maybe escort him for the night. But for life, I think that's going too far for a fan who maybe has a valid opinion of your performance. Look, if you're a if you're a person, we said this with Conor McGregor. If you're a guy like James Dolan, if you're in a big spot like that and your team isn't doing well, be prepared for the uh, criticism. Fans are paying a lot of money for tickets, gear, merchandise, parking tickets, beer in the concessions, all these things. And I think they have a right to voice their opinions. And you should be maybe a little more receptive to that kind of thing. That it, it, That's just how, how it comes with the job. But obviously Dolan did not want to put up with it and he banned the kid for life. So there's that. Final segment of the show, time to throw some penalty flags. You know, I always joke that this segment, well, I guess I'm not joking when I say this, but I feel like every week I find someone that's dumber than whoever we found the previous week on this segment. This week, I feel like we found three people who are super dumb that I don't know if we can really top what we get on this segment. Let me know your thoughts because we've got some crazy ones here. Here's the first one. A lot of people, especially men, are outraged that Captain Marvel's main character is a female and apparently females cannot be leads in a comic book turned movie type of story. Uh, look, we are in a world where we are outraged that people are kneeling for the anthem. And there are far worse things, far worse 
incidents that are happening out there. Uh, people who are doing uh, committing far terrible crimes, and they don't even get half of the backlash that some NFL players got for protesting. And now here are people outraged because a woman is playing the lead role of a superhero movie. Be, uh, where does where does this outrage come from? I mean, we live in a world where we like to use the term snowflakes, and I know it's usually one side of the uh, aisle that likes to use it, but I think that term can be thrown at so many people, no matter what your political stance is, what your stance is on anything, to, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't understand this. Why are people so outraged that a female is the lead role of a superhero movie? Like, why is this an issue? What is the problem with this? What? How does this negatively hurt your life? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you don't like the movie because it was terrible, fine. If you think Brie Larson's acting is bad, fine. But if you're outraged simply because a female is the lead role of a superhero movie, I think you need to stop and reevaluate all the all the concerns, all the problems that you have in your life. All right, uh, it's about to get more dumb here. A woman was attacked by a jaguar at a zoo. Uh, I don't know where this is, but that's not even the the, the important part of the story. Uh, she climbed the barrier just to take a much more clear selfie. That way she doesn't have the barrier to deal with. She wanted to take a clear selfie of her on top of the barrier. And the jaguar said, nope, I'm going to attack this lady. And she suffered a vicious injury in her, her uh, forearm is cut open you can actually see the inside of her arm uh okay I mean uh, by the way she is okay dealt with minor injuries nothing life threatening but she did go to the zoo and apologize in person as soon as she got out of the hospital okay uh was she was she that desperate for Instagram likes because I know what these kinds of people do. Listen, I like to take pictures of certain things, but never, I never want to put myself in harm's way. I, I mean, there are people out there who will drive 60, 70 miles per hour on the highway and they'll pull out their phone because they've got to take a picture of something really important while driving because they know that this is going to add a few followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever the hell they, they post this on Snapchat. Uh, again, it's fine if you're on those outlets, but if you're so concerned about getting g- garnering attention there, I mean, you just suck. You do. Uh, you know what? This woman, she wanted Instagram attention. Okay, you got more than that lady. You got more than what you wanted. So, there you go. Can't say anything else about that. All right, now, if you thought that was the dumbest thing possible, you haven't heard anything yet. And I have no idea how... This news has flown under the radar. Maybe it's because it did not happen in the United States. But this did happen. So a woman is flying from Saudi Arabia to Malaysia. And she forgot something very important on the plane. She forgot her baby. She left her baby at the terminal, at the gate. And she boarded the plane. And I guess at some point during the plane, she realized, OMG, I forgot this baby. And yelled at the the pilot to, I guess, go back. Because they did go back. All the people, and by the way, this is one of those big international flights. 
So a lot of people traveling from Saudi Arabia to Malaysia have to suffer for this woman's moronic mistake of forgetting her baby. Which I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, whatever child... I don't know where she lives, Saudi Arabia or Malaysia. Whatever child services you have in the country that this woman lives in, they need to step up right now and take that baby away from this mother. You cannot go on a plane and forget your baby and leave them at the airport. You cannot do that. This woman makes uh, Kevin's mom from Ho Alone look like a sweet angel. I mean, look, cut her, cut Kevin's mom a bit of slack. She forgot her kid in her home, and there was a miscount with the with the amount of people there. And then in the in the second one, well, they were in a rush. Uh, this woman actually forgot a baby. I don't even know how that's possible. And I shared the story on Facebook. Out of all the non out of all the non chiefs and non sports stories, this got the most reactions I've seen from you guys on Facebook. I have never seen a story like this before. I was not kidding when I said that I thought we found three dumb people for this segment. And I don't think we'll ever top it ever again in the history of this podcast. Mark it down on your calendars. This episode of this podcast, March the 14th. We're never going to find three dumber people than who we found in this episode. We just won't. There's no way. I, 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 I felt so accomplished before. I'm like, wow, this person's dumber than who I talked about last week on the podcast. But no, uh, that, that's not going to happen anymore. So, uh, I mean, we, we've reached the ceiling. It's been hit, and there's no way we can go above it. And if that happens, I give up if that happens. I, I, I just do. A lot to talk about here on this episode. Big thanks to Charles Goldman and his patience with all of the technical issues I dealt with with him. Obviously, you guys did not hear that part of it, thank goodness, but nonetheless, he uh, uh, bared with me and was patient and helped me out uh, for this episode. So, big thank you to Charles for joining me on the podcast and being super awesome with all of that. Big thanks to you guys, the listeners. Appreciate all of you guys listening. A lot to talk about. Thank you all who have been interacting on Facebook and Twitter with me. Let's keep that going. We will have an episode on Monday recapping more events from free agency we'll see if the chiefs have signed anyone else that we talked about what else has been going on with the chiefs we'll talk about all of that and much more on monday's episode no guests lined up for monday but that may change i'll let you guys know when the time gets closer again facebook.com slash farzimasuga and like the page follow me on twitter at farzim21 plus subscribe on apple Podcasts, google play spotify and podbean and share the link spread the word for the chiefs home podcast Again, thank you all for listening. I will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend.